you know, they would, they would say the same things to me. They would question me about America. They'd be like, do you go to keg parties? Is that what college is really like? And I'm like well, <laughs> You're so good at that. <laughs> From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors, and this is Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can make awesome connections, build strong relationships, and get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode 12. My name's Christina Cantors, and I just want to say a big thank you for spending some time with me today. And thanks also if you wrote to me or tweeted or told me in person that you enjoyed my stand-up episode, which was the last episode that I released. It's it's really nice to know that I'm making stuff that you like, because that's why I do what I do, for your entertainment and education, of course. So anyway, this is episode 12 of Stand Out, Get Noticed, and it's all about how to not be awkward. You've experienced it, right? That moment when you walk into an event and you're like, oh, I don't know anyone. What do I, what do I do? If you know what I'm talking about, know that you are not alone. We've all been there, myself included, of course. And there is hope. There are things that you can do to make your life easier. And joining me in this discussion is my friend and fellow podcast host, Prescott Perez-Fox. Prescott is the host of the Busy Creator Podcast, where he helps creative freelancers be more productive and develop business skills so they can kick ass in business and in life. You can check it out at busycreator.com. Now, we talk about why we can be totally normal and confident in school, but then as soon as we hit the real world, all of a sudden we get this, he calls it adult onset awkwardness. It's something to do with being in a brand new environment with people that we don't know. And Prescott and I talk about how to approach people at networking events. We talk about good opening lines and the easiest types of meetups to go to and and lots of other things. If you've ever been to an event and felt awkward or out of place or wanted to leave because you don't know anyone, then this episode is for you. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash awkward. Oh, and on the topic of awkwardness, if you've ever felt awkward... When someone asks about what you do and you kind of say one sentence and then you stop and you don't know how to continue when they're like, oh, okay, but they don't really know what it means, but they're too scared to ask and then you revert to talking about the weather, then I invite you to join my confidence building course. It's only 21 emails over 21 days and each one helps you to build the skills and the confidence to talk about yourself and explain what you do with ease. No more awkward silences. Okay? Oh, and it's totally free. So to sign up, just go to freeconfidencecourse.com. Too easy. Okay, let's have a good old chat with the man with the coolest name in the world, Mr. Prescott Perez-Fox. This is a thing I do when I listen to podcasts, especially shows that I like. I'm always sitting there wherever I am. I'm on the train or I'm at work or something, and I'm just like, oh, I want to jump into the conversation. And... <laughs> Yeah, depending on the show, they may or may not have a, a sort of vibrant comment section where you can join the conversation after the fact. But in the case of of you specifically, I'm like, I know this girl. She's been on my show. You know, we're <laughs> old pals. Let me call her up and see if I can 
add a little bit of my insight, which ultimately is, is on the same topic and other folks listening might find useful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for reaching out. I, I appreciate that. Because oh, you, you were telling me that you, because you wanted to talk about adult onset awkwardness. Is that right? Yes. That's the, the sort of cheeky name, the vaguely medical name that I give to being awkward as an adult and especially for the first time. Right. So there's some people who I guess are, are awkward or shy all their life. Right. And maybe I should have defined awkwardness first. So it's, I guess you could say it's like shyness, but the difference is that when you, you're awkward when you start to participate in social activities or conversations or situations, whatever. And then you realize like how it's being interpreted or you're nervous about how it, how the interaction will go. Like I feel like if it was pure shyness, you just wouldn't take part. Right. Mm. But if you're the awkwardness is like you're starting to take part, but it's not going the way you just yeah, you hoped it would. And um, I think most of us have have experienced that. Although supposedly there's no word for awkward in French, which is kind of funny that the French have no word for it. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But, um, <laughs> Ew, yeah, so, awkward. Yeah, exactly. So sorry, let me continue with the subject. So the the phenomena that I kind of observed was about really about leaving school, leaving education, especially in the North American model. And I, I guess in the, and the British and Australian model as well is kind of similar that you, you spend your, your whole life up to sort of age 22 or maybe even 25 in, in some system of education. And depending on where you're from, you go to school with a lot of similar people. So these are the people who are born in, within a few months of you. It grew up in the same town as you, maybe their parents did similar jobs than you. And then when you go to university, they're actually studying the same thing. They have the same books on their shelf and you have these common experiences. Plus the fact that you're just thrown into a room together. So this idea that people will always be around you who are similar to you and you can take some comfort in that shared experience, you know, that's shattered the minute that you get out of school, whatever level, even at a master's degree level. And then you're suddenly just like out there in the world. And if you start a job, now, if you, first of all, if you can find a job straight away, that's, that's good on you. But a lot of times you'll, you'll be in a job for the first time. You're not around people like yourself. So this might be that it's the first time that you have to work with people who are older, that are your parents' generation, or you might be the only person there that doesn't have kids. Or you might be the only woman or the only minority or, or the only person that lives in the city where everyone else is a commuter. And, and so you're, you know, you're sort of alienated. And in addition to that, uh, depending on where you are in your life, right, you might be in a new city. And so you literally have to make new friends. You have to meet new people. So you're, so now you're like, okay, I've always had people kind of thrust upon me and now I have to go out and it's a, a new set of skills, um, which usually you're, you're only confronted with as an adult. So that is sort of the roundabout way of describing this thing that I've observed about adult onset awkwardness as opposed to, I guess, childhood awkwardness. So this is, this is a fear that I have. I cannot, I don't think many people know this about me. I cannot go into a restaurant or a bar and sit there by myself and have a meal by myself or a drink by myself. I can't, I can't do it. And it's this bizarre fear where I think that people are going to be looking at me and going, look at that loser over there sitting by herself. She doesn't have any friends, clearly. That was a massive fear of mine. And even walking into a bar for a meetup and I don't know anyone there, something I force myself to do 
but it's it's still really hard. So what do you do to alleviate that stress in that situation? Sure. Well, you get it wrong a lot, as I did. Um, this wasn't something where someone just gives you a tip and you say, oh, yeah, let me do that. And then you just boom, it's it's over and done with. I mean, there was a slow and steady progression. Um, but what I found and I want to give sort of actionable advice, ugh, advice from an awkward person. Right. But what I found worked eventually is Hang on, wait, wait, wait. Can, we start with what, what, can we start with what didn't work? Yeah. What do you mean? Okay. What do you what, what did you get wrong? Like, what does getting it wrong mean? It, I guess it, it just means one of two things. Number one, you're just, you're just literally standing there by yourself and you're kind of looking around and be like, what do I do now? Like, there's no agenda. There's no person leading it. There's no coach. You know, there's no teacher at the front of the room. You're just like, what the hell's going on here? And where's my place in it? And so that loneliness in a moment is so just bizarre. And that's something that, again, coming from a, a kind of regimented system of education, you're really not used to or prepared for, or at least I wasn't, I should say. So that's one type of localized failure, you might call it. And I mean, it could be 10 seconds and then you go find another conversation or something like that, right? And the other thing, it, which happens frequently at, at networking events and, and industry events and that type of thing, is that you just end up in just a horrible conversation. And whether it's like awkward silences or a conversation going nowhere, two people arguing. I've heard about this. Uh, I've been in, in little circles, you know, these pockets of like three or four people where you'll have like one guy hitting on a girl and the other two people are just like watching. They're just biceps. Oh, and that's it, so awkward. So many weird things. Uh, other times people are giving you like the, the hard sell. I mean, it's all the networking group cliches, or right? People who just, where, or he, people who just rock up into a group and go, hi, I'm so-and-so. And they just hand you their card. And you're like, um, hello, I don't even know anything about you. I don't want your card because yeah. I don't know who you are or what you do. Or the people who just kind of sidle in and just stand there really yeah, awkwardly yeah. and don't say anything. And you're like, hello. Yeah. And that must be horrible for them. Is that Was that you I, well, at one I'd point? Like, I'd like to think I was never the guy who just hovered and... I didn't say anything because I've always been a conversationalist. That's one thing that is, I don't know how to kind of square that in this conversation that that I've always been able to carry on a conversation, especially when introduced to someone. Right. Hmm. You go to I don't know, even in high school, you go to someone's house and it's like their cousin or someone you never met is there. But once you're introduced to that person, it's no problem. It's like, hey, let's let's talk. Okay. And it's, we'll is, be is, like, that, okay. is that getting that first it's getting that first introduction. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, you're you're in a place by yourself no one's kind of guiding you. That's the tough part. Um, so it, I learned a few tactics and, and f I guess figured it out eventually. I mean, now I can go to an event like nothing and just walk in and do my thing. And I mean, I'm not like king of the place, but I don't have this, this awkwardness anymore. Um, so I want to definitely share a few things that, that are sort of work. And these are like small things, but they make a difference, right? So one thing if, is that you should never really try to go up to someone who's just standing by themselves because that person might be really tough to talk to. And now you're stuck talking to this person. Does that make sense? I mean, it sounds horrible, but it's like I always, if you can, but if someone's by them, but if someone's by themselves, they're easier, aren't they easier to approach? Um, I don't think so actually, because then it's like, you have no one else to, to kind of interplay with. So I always think that the right. two people is a good number to approach because you can, okay. You can join their conversation um, especially if it's like two women or 
I'm two men can also work, but um, if I'm a, a man as well now well, that for you, you're right. Yeah, but you're a young, good-looking dude. But, you can rock up to two women; they'll be happy to talk. No, no, to no. You. But hang on, let me let me explain the the gender dynamics real quick. So sometimes if it's a man and a woman talking, going up to them now, there's like at least for me, there's two men and one woman, and that that gets weird in a hurry because even if there's okay. nothing to do with hitting on or romantic whatever, it now looks like. Both of these guys are like competing for her. There's something very tribal or very primal that goes on. And yeah. it's, it's always <laughs> weird. So that I try to avoid. Um, I find if you go up to two women, there's a good chance that they are previously friends or coworkers and they've arrived together. So they're, they're sort of safe with one another and you as you're a man. So I guess you're sort of threatening, which is a whole other conversation, but because there's two of them, you're not that threatening. So they're really like to talk to you and especially. If you see people that are really engaged in conversation, you can join them and you can, you could say something like, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. What were you talking about? And they'll finish their sentence. They're in, they'll, they'll tell you what they were talking about. Now you're part of that conversation. So I, I mean, that works for anyone really, but rather than saying like, hi, I'm Prescott, you know, just joining in like that, just butting in, you could say, what are you guys talking about? You look like you're having such a good time. You look like you're engrossed in conversation or oh, something okay. like that. And, or you could say, do you guys work together? Are you, know, how do you know each other? And they could say, maybe it's, we just met five minutes ago at the, at the carrot sticks or whatever. But sometimes they'll say, oh, we, we grew up together. <laughs> we met at the carrot sticks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing, you know, food, if there's food at these events, that is kind of a, a crutch for a lot of people that when all else fails, Go get some food because at least you, it looks like you have a purpose, right? Say, oh, he's getting some food. Of course, he's supposed to be there. That's where the food is. So that could be a, a sort of, I guess, a useful tool, but it can also be a crutch because you don't want to have your hands full and all that. And plus, you don't want like stuff no, in your teeth you and everything. So no, you don't want to spit on people. Yeah. And you don't, and then like you got to shake their hands. And if you got a wine glass and know, a plate of like food, then that's them. just, that's not very professional. No. Yeah. Um, I might just add in here though, approaching two people. You got to be careful because if they're really engrossed in conversation, they may not want to be interrupted. So yeah. I would suggest if you can look look at their body language, because I know like if you you know how when you see people and there's two people talking, they're either going to be standing kind of facing slightly outwards, like if they're standing on the edge or whatever next to a wall, they're, they're probably gonna they might be angling their body slightly outwards so that if you were to join them, you would form a triangle. Sure, with sure. them. But if they're so that indicates their body language indicates that they are open to accepting a new person into that conversation. But if they're facing each other or if they're sitting down and face their knees, faces, their whole bodies are aligned towards each other, they're telling everyone else, don't interrupt because we have something really important going on. And if you rock in and, and go, hi, what are you talking about? They'll be like, um, top secret, yeah, buddy, yeah. piss off. Yeah. And that's, that's sometimes funny too. If you're in a public place or if you're at a networking event and people don't really want to talk to you, like that's kind of, you know, it's kind of rude on them. And even if, especially if they're coworkers and this used to actually happen to me, sorry to go back in time just a little bit. I would run into a lot of okay. instances where folks come to, especially the after work events that they come to, to the, these uh, networking parties or the, whatever they are, drink ups for a, a particular, you know, advertising industry. I don't know. And they come after work. They're a little wound up. They comes in groups of twos and threes and fours with people they know, and they're not really there to make new friends. They just want to kind of hang out with each other. And that's frustrating. You kind of have to avoid those events, especially if you're 
generally operating by yourself. And that's why I've found that going to events in the morning is actually much, much better. And yes, it's tough to wake up in the morning, but going to the early morning events, um, has it's like coffee made up. Yeah. And stuff. Has been much more okay. productive in terms of making friends because folks go to those almost entirely by themselves. And because usually they can't get anyone to come with them at 7.30 in the morning or whatever it is, but they're going there to drink coffee. It's before work. So they're, they're sort of fresh. Nothing's weighing on their mind and they really are there to have conversation. Plus it's like a self selection thing. Like no one's going to drag you at seven o'clock in the morning. You really have to want to be there. So if yeah, someone, if someone comes up to you and they say, Hey, uh, I've never been to this before. How, you know, how are you? How does it usually go? What's your name? The, you know, simple stuff. Then you, you'll find it's really easy to make connections for those breakfast events. And two of the favorites, I want to give uh, some folks some things to try. So first is creative mornings, right? Creativemornings.com. And this is now a monthly breakfast event that's held in like 110 cities all over the world. It's great. Yeah. We have them here in Melbourne. Yeah. A couple in Australia, I'm sure. And there's a lecture, but there's also free breakfast. And it's also just a chance to meet people. And that's, that's a great one. So check out creative mornings, whatever your city you're at. And there's also one called like mind. And this is, uh, I guess it's a little less structured. It's just people that meet in a coffee shop. And so it's a public coffee shop. You have to buy your own coffee. There's, there's no, ringleader there's no stage or anything but it takes place on the third friday of every month so it's consistent and it's the same thing multiple cities all over the world so i've actually when i was in london last year i went to like mind in london because i knew when it was going to be held i went to the website looked up where and i just popped in and and then everyone who usually goes to that event we we're just like oh you're from new york okay cool come on over and and you know by this point i guess i'm an old pro but those morning events actually made quite a difference. And over the years, I've made a number of good friends in my field and, and in some others from going to the morning events. So that's another sort of tip I would leave you. Um, let me think what else. So like I said, going to groups of twos and threes. And you also, again, the gender dynamics, like if you're one guy, don't go to a group of like seven women and start talking to them because there's <laughs> they, something is going on there that you're not a part of. So mixed groups are good because you can actually balance things out depending on how it's going. And you know what I mean? So obviously a conversation is nice to have multiple points of view, but you can also see if someone is acting like really like a dude and you're just like, just being abrasive, you can kind of tell them, be like, Hey man, calm down, relax. Like I, I gotta, I gotta keep this guy at bay here or you know, whatever else is happening. If there's like too much girl power, you can just like get, grab the guy and spin off and start your own little conversation. But so the little things like that I've done over the years to uh, a bit of success. So I'd like to think I'm overcoming some of this awkwardness, but I just, you know, I wanted to share sort of the origins and how I arrived where I am. What about, wait, going back to the genders, uh -huh. what about, what about two, what about a woman approaching two men and approaching a man and a woman? Okay. So basically trying to reverse it and put myself in a, in a woman's scenario, right? Goodness. I don't know what to say. I mean, here's the funny thing is that being a man, I'm, I always like when a woman comes and talks to me, even, <laughs> I mean, frankly, <laughs> all right, women have it easy. Yeah. Let's, okay. Women can approach anyone. Even if there's, yeah, right. Like I said, if it's a professional context, so that's always kind of pleasant. And I think that as a society, at least us in North America, you're in Australia that, uh, Generally, women are seen as, as less outgoing, right? They're, they're supposed to kind of stand where they want to stand and then 
men will go up to them, even in, again, professional context. So when a woman comes over, it's a little bit surprising. You're like, Hey, okay, all right. What, what do you got? Let, you know, let's hear from you. And I always enjoy that. Um, same thing. Like if I'm talking in a small group and two people come over, that's fine too. As long as they're like ready to have a conversation. Cause again, you talked about that lurker, that guy that just comes over, but doesn't say anything. And I'll actually, mm. I'll, I'll try to spot that person and, Invite them in. Like if you're in a group of three or four at a networking event or anywhere really, and you see someone that's kind of on the fringe, you say, Hey, are, are you, are you coming to join us? You know, l- l- give them that opening because this person could be interesting, yeah. but maybe he's not just not that, that outgoing. Um, I remember a few weeks ago, I went to an event. It was hosted by, um, Derek Halpern, who runs the social triggers. And he, you know, it was kind of, I don't want to say like it was a high class event, but it, it was at a nice place. And a lot of people there were wearing suits and stuff. I think there was actually a, a sort of business dress code. And one person there like brought her son and he was like 16 or something like, right. He was a teenager. And oh my God, you could tell this kid was, I mean, I guess he was in his quote awkward phase. Right. But you could tell he was so out of place. And I was trying to bring him in. I'm like, Oh, how's it going? What's happening? And even for 16 year old standards, I could tell he was like really shy and just not that much of a conversationalist, but I was trying to give him that opening. You know, I was trying to really make him part of the little circle and hear from him and just be interested in someone else's story because you never know how that could relate to your own or even especially these days, like it's all about connecting other people. So you could have a conversation with someone at this, this networking party. I guess that's where the scenario is now taking place. And you could be like, you know what? 20 minutes ago, I talked to uh, so-and-so and and she's doing the same thing. Do you know her? And maybe they can talk to each other, especially if you sort of want to get out of there and you want to go get another carrot stick. (laughs) You should go talk to her. (laughs) Yeah. So you pick up a few tricks over the years. And just make, yeah, so making making other awkward people feel less awkward and making them feel welcome in the conversation, that's going to result in much less awkwardness for everyone. Yeah, definitely. All around. And I think that, yeah. I mean, if there's one takeaway, right, it's not that like awkward people are, are fragile and you, you don't touch them, don't talk to them, they're, they're such shy things. It's, it's that a lot of us were never faced with this until a certain point in our life. And then it's, there's a sort of moment of panic of realizing like, holy crap, that all that time I thought I was, you know, I call myself an introvert. That was just anecdotal. That's just what some stupid quiz told me. <laughs> and it's like, no, this actually affects your your life and your career and your business. And if that's something you're really concerned about, that it's almost like being a handicap to being shy and being, uh, I, you know, to, it, to a certain degree, like afraid, right? I mean, some people have real pathology where they can't answer the phone or, they, or whatever it is. And. Um, so that's the thing. Like, it's like, it's not that anyone is, is demented or broken. It's just that they haven't had the same experiences as you. So help on along that journey and see what you can mm. get out of them, right? See, see what this person can bring to the conversation that maybe wouldn't have arrived on their own. And you can apply all these things to all different social situations too. Like, I know that I've rocked up at parties where, oh, I feel so awkward. Like, when I rock up at a party and I only know the host. Yeah. And then, cause they can't spend all their night with you. So you have to go. And if it's one of those things where like they're a really good friend and you said that you'd go. So then you go and then you don't know anyone there and you're like, Oh my God, I don't know anyone. And my advice to people is that like the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes is going to be really awkward while you're just getting the feel for, okay, the dynamics, who's there. But once you get past that initial period, 
like you're going to meet, you're going to meet someone. If you just go up and talk to someone or, or like you were saying, uh, approach someone, okay, maybe the first conversation is going to be a little awkward, but that's all right. Just excuse yourself, go move on, find another uh, pair of people to speak to. And then eventually you will meet someone who you have a great conversation with and then you'll go, oh, I can't believe I even considered leaving. Or, or you know, actually, here's another thing. You can ask the host, you know, who is there and say, hey, is there someone here, like, who who can I meet here that you think yeah. w- it would be interesting for me to talk to? Definitely. And get them to foster an introduction. And that that's a really good way. Instead of just rocking up the host saying hi and then just letting you free. Absolutely. I mean, usually... I don't know why. I guess it's just the nature of people that there's usually someone who kind of becomes the second host and they'll see that, oh, you you know the same person, you know the host of this party, but you don't really know anyone else. They'll, they'll kind of recognize what's happening and you know, take you under their wing, for lack of a better word. And and this does happen. You know, you go to someone's wedding and like the only person you know is the bride who obviously has to talk to everyone there. And then yeah. you're just like, ah, yep, here I am. I mean, it's, it still happens. Believe me, like this is not me saying like i've conquered awkwardness and it's just that it's an ongoing thing oh absolutely but also that i think when we're kids you could be like oh he's shy he's awkward whatever it's just it's just a way that you are but you got to realize as an adult it's going to get worse before it gets better and then when it gets better it's because of tactics and sort of deliberate action rather than just human nature so that you know that's the quirky thing about it and you know here's here's a funny thing uh, sorry for saying you know so much by the way that i was watching uh the tim ferris experiment right that's all which, right it saves me from having to edit it all out. oh yes okay. if i apologize <laughs> it doesn't happen but uh tim ferris experiment and he does an episode about dating and he's I mean, it's not really about dating. It's about meeting women. So he goes to a farmer's market and he has someone coaching him, like a a sort of pickup artist person who teaches him about body language and this and that. But here he is, Tim Ferriss, you know, super confident guy who was like a world champion, tango dancer, martial artist, like all this crazy stuff that is kind of done Mm. in public. And, you know, forget about the, um, the photographs of him, like shirtless in his book and all that sort of thing. Here and you could see on camera, he's like tearing himself apart with nerves and and awkwardness, like trying to talk to to women in public. And I'm sitting there watching really? the show, yeah. And I'm I'm feeling for him because I mean that's a whole other category. You know, here we are talking about coworkers and classmates and people at a networking event. I haven't even gotten to to women and everything. That's a whole other podcast. Mm. But I, I'm seeing, you know, yeah, we are nasty. Oh yeah, but <laughs> well, just the fact that someone who is is as public a figure as Tim Ferriss, best-selling author, this type of thing. And then he is still at a, at an age of, I don't know, 36, 37, that he's still going through this. You know, that just shows you that it doesn't come natural for people. But if you take some steps, you can make progress. Yep. And you can you can learn and you will fail as people who have listened to my um, to episode number, uh, I think it was eight. Yeah. <laughs> would be aware. They, uh, you can fail uh, when you when you go when you put yourself out there, but that's okay, and you learn from that. So, yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 all. I think I think for for people to just know that you can learn how to do this better, and it's not something that you just happen to be bad at. It's just like any other skill that you can just learn and 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 like with any other skill you're not going to become amazing at it overnight and you will have failures and you will have setbacks but you just have to pick yourself back up and try again and keep on going absolutely incremental improvement 
experimentation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't be afraid to have a sort of off day, right? If, you, if you're going to two networking events a week and one of them is really fun and you stay out late and then don't be surprised that the next one is ridiculous and it's awkward and you have to just get out of there and you say, whoops, this is not happening. I mean, that's going to happen too. So it's all about this experimentation. But um, I'm interested to hear other folks sort of stories and feedback and insight. Um, so hopefully they'll connect with with you on your site and add to the conversation. Uh, like I was saying at the, at the start yeah, of the for show. Sure. They can leave a comment. Yeah. The, yeah I mean, they can leave a comment. Or send me a tweet. Sure. Where can people, if people want to, uh, where can people tweet you if they want to share a 140 character <laughs> story? I, I would say my personal Twitter, uh, Scott Perez Fox. And that's a great way to catch me on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter as well. So definitely say hello. Um, and you can also get on my site, busycreator.com. And I have all the social links there. And if you're interested in productivity, um, Prescott has a, an amazing podcast there about productivity for creatives. Yes, absolutely. So, well, thanks so much, Prescott, for joining me on the show. This has been really great. Thanks for sharing all, sharing your stories. You're obviously very passionate about this. So I really appreciate you reaching out and, uh, wanting to join the conversation. Oh, absolutely. It's so fun to talk to you and you're very easy to talk to, which does help sort of assuage the awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I'm glad there wasn't too much awkwardness in this conversation. Oh, no. Although that would have been a good case study. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we need to get Craig Ferguson on. Do you, do you remember? Do you ever see his show that he would ask people at the end no. if they would like an awkward pause? And <laughs> so at the end of the interview on national television, they're just sitting there in silence and they're like doing you know, facial gestures, like actors and that sort of thing. So they're like, you know, how about an awkward pause? They're like, okay. And then you just see them there like, oh, it was, it was funny. It was the thing that they used to do. But should, we're, should we, should, should we do an awkward pause? I, you know, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even pause there. You don't want to say anything. Well, it can be, I, I'm, I'm trying to adapt to the medium here. Uh, Weird Al did it the best, I think, because we- he did it in context. So he was like, you know, Craig, as much as I love a good awkward pause. And then and it went on for like 30 seconds. And he's like, I think we should just continue this show. So, <laughs> now he pulled that up. But yes, okay. I might have to steal that one. You know, I used to have a friend who, when there was a silence in the conversation, He'd go, ribbit. Now that's how you create awkwardness. Needless to say, he's not really my friend anymore. Yeah, please avoid all temptation to ribbit. Anyway, thanks again to the lovely Prescott Perez Fox for joining me on the show this week. I'll put links to his Twitter and his show, The Busy Creator, in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash awkward. Now, if you want to be less awkward, jump on the free 21-day confidence-building course at freeconfidencecourse.com. 21 emails over 21 days. That's all it is. Too easy. Do it now. freeconfidencecourse.com. Okay, what song do I have for you this week? It's an oldie but a goodie. It's Taylor Swift. Shake it off. It's the first song that I ever played on the ukulele on the internet. It's been very good to me. And I thought I'd put it in here because if you ever have an awkward moment, all you really need to do to get over it is just shake it off, shake it off, uh-uh. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you next time. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.
Yeah. Plus, I was in England and I'm American and, and everyone was English. So they were really fascinating to me and I was fascinating to them. Can you do a British accent? Um, I can. It's a sort of generic middle class Southern Londonish. <laughs> and <laughs> I can. That's good. I'm but very like, impressed. Do you go to keg parties? Is that what college is really like? <laughs> well. You're so good at uh, that. <laughs> You know, and then people say, what are you doing here? Like, they, I mean, they had no idea why I came to, to study over there at that small little school in Surrey. Yeah, it was fascinating for a while.